Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm always excited, <laughs> but I'm especially excited to have a, a really good friend. We've been friends now, must be 10 years. 2007 we first met. Yeah, so pre- back, pretty much bang yeah, on 10 yeah. years. And uh, I get asked a lot by people about networking. And I thought, who's the go-to person I know in the UK about networking and Mr. Just One Ray is half of the go-to team uh, in networking. So um, could we get a bit of your story before we start? Yeah, I mean, um, way back then in 2005, six, I was working in IT, been doing that very, yeah, I was doing really well at it, got to a senior position, looked after a team of about a dozen people. And then I was handed that book, the magic book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. And that just completely... Because up to that point, I was Mr. 9 to 5 through and through. Yeah. I had my career sorted. I had my gold-plated pension sorted. All yeah. I had to do was another 20-odd years, and I was all right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that book just completely flipped everything in my head. It kept yeah. talking about assets and kept talking about income from assets and you not being, having to be around to be paid. And I'm just yeah. like, no, that can't be real. And it was a complete shift in my mind. And it was... I had to think differently and I just went and read every single book I could mm. and I was just getting every Robert Kiyosaki book I could then every time I met somebody successful I asked them what are you reading yeah. what are you listening to yeah. started getting them so I say up to 2004 2005 I was very happy with what I was doing I was very happy with my so career. you disrupted yourself yeah. this podcast is called the disruptor entrepreneur most people get disrupted yeah. you, you that's quite a big decision isn't it to turn away from a good career and a good pension Everybody, including my family and my close friends and my boss, thought I was completely nuts. They said, but what are you doing it for? Because you've always been Mr. Reliable, yeah. Mr. Safe. Yeah. You know, stick to your job, keep your nose down, you know, do the work, don't disrupt anything. And I thought, you know what? I could do that for another 20, 30 years. And what would I have to show for it? Mm. I might have a pension if we're lucky. Yeah. But then I won't. But fortunately for me, you know, Sylvia and I... We're on the same page and we started a personal development journey first because we met through you know the chris Howard company yeah and so we met in an event a personal development event didn't we yeah yeah a big rah-rah one <laughs> before the crash when everyone was into it yeah it was all but the funny thing was the week before we met three people asked me have you met rob and mark yeah. and i said to Sylvia, people keep asking me if i met rob and mark and i was like i, I remember hearing about you guys and then we were both at the same event. Mm. And then we met at that event. And I we said, probably we high-fived at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we just had a conversation. I remember having a conversation. I thought, you know what? These guys are going places and we're on a similar sort of journey. Mm. And we were at the start of our journey. And I didn't realize at the time until a few years later, you told me that you guys were at the start of your journey because yeah. Progressive had just started that year. Yeah, yeah. We um, decided uh, we, end of 06, plan. Yeah. January 2007, incorporated. So, I mean, we bought 20 properties in that first year, 06, but we're still working in a job. Yeah. Did you have, like, a plan? Because if you're Mr. Plan Safe in the old world, 
Did you have a plan like, okay, so I'm going to get into property for a couple of years or I'm going to do something for a couple of years on the side and then resign or did you just go, resign? No, well, it was actually interesting because Sylvia's background is in finance and accounting. My background is in IT and I've always been very risk averse and she's very risk averse. And um, I was very loath to leave my job. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was a real struggle for me to do that. But I was on the train one morning and it was on the Metro newspaper and it said on the front page, you won't retire till you're 70. And you imagine sitting on the train and you're looking down the carriage and all you can see is, and I thought, my God, that's the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I went into the office with my boss and we were sitting there and we were having a laugh and a joke. And he was a good mate of mine. And he said to me, you know what? We're lifers. We're going to leave here when we retire. And I remember sitting there thinking, that's another 32 years. Yeah. If those newspapers are right. And I went home and Sylvia said, I can't do this for another 32 years. And then I resigned a week later. Wow. And then I thought, what so the hell do I... Yeah. <laughs> so, so considering you're Mr. Safe and yeah. Sylvia's Miss Safe, yeah. you walk away from a good thing. I, d I went, I thought, I can, go, I can find contract work in IT. Yeah. We started our education in property. We went, I Googled and found a networking event about 200 metres from where I work. Wow. And apparently it's been going for three, four years. And I've yeah. been walking past that pub and going yeah. in that pub for a drink. But little did I know on a Tuesday, Wednesday evening, they had a networking event for property investors. Right. So let's pause there if it's all right. I'm a bit of a serial interrupter, yeah. but it's just because I purposefully didn't have any set questions because I knew we'd just be able to put the world to rights as we <laughs> normally do when we catch up. But let's keep the first slide, if we can, on this interview on networking. Yeah. So we'll get there. So it's kind of funny. I didn't really pick this trend up in your life. But fast forward to, what, nine years later... And you've got an amazing networking event going, yeah. which is the biggest individual privately owned networking event in the UK. Yeah. And then you sacked that off as well. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think one thing we realised, there is a point in your life where you need to make a decision to move on. Yeah. And something that may be great may no, may no longer be serving you in the way that you want to, yeah. or it may be holding you back. Or you may have changed and it just yeah. hasn't changed with you. Yeah. And um, one thing, I'm not that, it's, yeah, it's, it's 10 years ago, I remember sitting in an office and the contract, I was on IT contract work, and the guy says, if you don't take the full-time job we're offering you, you're going to have to leave. I remember saying, that's fine. Yeah. And in the back of my brain going, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> He's just offered you full-time employed payment and you're saying no to it. Mm. And I think in 18 months ago, before I read all these books, before I did the personal development, I would have bitten his hand off. Mm. And, and it's probably society that's in, indoctrinated those thoughts, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. To play it safe. Yeah. You know, take what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah we stopped the Barsh Poptomy, and there was, and a lot of people still can't understand why we did well, it. Well, I keep asking you, what's the real reason? <laughs> I, yeah. So let's just put this into context for those listening and watching the yeah. podcast who don't know. So you started the Berkshire Property Meet when? April the 3rd, 2007. Okay. And when you finished it, uh, what was the biggest attendance you ever had at that event? The biggest attendance we had was January that year. Who, who was the speaker? Mark Homer. Ah, uh, yeah, my business partner. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny how we fill the room quicker when he's speaking than when... Um... All right. <laughs> Edit that bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and, and um, I know because we often used to do the January one. Yeah. And we, we, you know, you'd regularly have 250, 300 people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we had over, we, we could have, I'm not joking here, we could have easily got four or 500 people. Yeah. But, An independent networking yeah. evening, that's amazing. But we knew that 
the venue wouldn't take and we just said look this is more than enough and it's going to be a fantastic they'd have had to have an extension at the back <laughs> it's quite a long thin room it is it's getting longer and longer the main challenge was they always used to say to us when you do these big January events none of our guests can park in the car park yeah. all the people it's on the road it's a huge car park yeah, well, yeah. It's, it holds about 400 cars but it's yeah. just rammed with cars and it's yeah. just and it was we started calling it the big Berkshire kickoff yeah. because when we asked because we used to have other speakers but when we asked you guys to speak in January, it just sort of went to a whole new level because mm. we market well together and we, yeah. we're we on the same page and we, we know if people get a good start at yeah. the start of the year. I mean, you basically put, in the property world anyway, you put the, the town or the... Is Berkshire <laughs> a town or is it a county? Berkshire's a, a county. County shows my <laughs> naivety, but you put it on the map. Yeah. People would come from Scotland... Everywhere, wouldn't they? We had a guy, and it was so funny. He phoned me up, and he had an American accent, and I thought it was somebody like you winding me up. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me he's from San Diego, and I was going, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, this is a wind-up. And he goes, no, Google me. He goes, I'm not being arrogant. Google me. And he had a big property portfolio in San Diego, and he goes, I was talking to somebody in California. He says, I'm going to the UK. Where should I go? He goes, have you heard of the Berkshire property meet? And the yeah. guy goes, no. He goes, well, go there. Yeah. And it was just like, and I was talking to him, I said, seriously? He said, yeah. yeah. And we played a bit of a joke that night because we said, who thinks they've traveled the furthest? There was a poor bloke from Aberdeen thinking, oh, I'm in, I've yeah. won this. <laughs> but we had a guy from Toronto there that yeah. night as well. And the guy, and it was just people travel from all over and it's like people were heard of it. Yeah. And it's the power of social media and the power of doing something good. And consistently. And consistently yeah. good over a period of time. You know, a lot of people have tried to knock us off course. A lot of people try to give us their advice. A lot of people would tell us that what we're doing and the speakers we're having. I said, look, you know what? We've chosen a path. It's what we've chosen. Yeah. The numbers, 200 people every month, 20,000 people over nine years. Yeah. Tell us we must be doing something right. Yeah. We are going to make mistakes, but that's business. Yeah. Okay, so I want to carry on with the story, but I also yeah. want to get into how to, how not to, benefits of networking. Because... The way I perceive networking is it's kind of like one of those simple things which is kind of taken for granted yeah. that you're kind of doing business uh, and like you don't you don't need a podcast or a course on networking. And that's kind of how I see it. You just get in there and meet people. And that's how we met. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we networked. And I never really read any books on it. But then that's taking it for granted because I'm quite an outgoing person. And I've met thousands of people who are scared of networking. They don't know how to do it. They don't get it. They don't get the benefits of it. They're not sure if it's a good leverage on their time. And I know network, it, and in some areas it's got a bad stigma. Yeah. And I wanted to just drill into all of that and bust all that. Are you all right? All right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's start with what, what, what's the power and the benefits of networking? You've seen 20,000 people network. Yeah. You must have seen loads of money exchanging hands, partnerships set up, all sorts. Tell us all the benefits you've seen through your networking event. I mean, we've seen people start businesses with people that they've just met, you know, people over time. And this is the thing that actually discover people need to commit time to it. It's not a get, it's not a quick fix. Yeah, it is. And somebody said this to me years ago, you become visible. Yeah. And over time, you start building your credibility and then you start seeing profitability. But yeah. it says it takes time. So and visibility, then credibility, credibility then, then profitability. Because what a lot of people do, again, sorry, yeah. sorry interrupting. They're desperate. They need some money. What's the last resort? Oh, I'll go to that Berkshire property me. Yeah. Get out of crappy cards. And they're chucking out desperation. Yeah. You're saying that's the wrong way. It's the wrong way. People, what's most people's favorite topic themselves? Yeah. Right. And I learned this. I remember the first property networking event I went to 200 meters from where I worked. 
I lasted 10 minutes. Yeah. I broke into a cold sweat. <laughs> People were talking and I was standing there and I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So I just left. Mm. And part of it was because they were talking about stuff that was completely alien to anything I've learned before, you know, yeah. about investing in property, how to flip properties, how to do deals. It was the days of same day refinance yeah. and all this stuff. And I left because it was all alien to me and I thought they've got to be all wrong. It's got to be a bunch of crooks. But there was something about it that made me go back. But was there a part of you, if you're honest with yourself, felt a bit uncomfortable because there's very a lot, uncomfortable. lot of knowledge you don't know about? And it was the terminology. Yeah. But surely that's the great thing about going to, yeah, learn, to, yeah. to learn. Yeah. And I said to a lot of people, one of the things I say to people is, you can go out and if you Google it, you'll find all these terms that people are using, there'll be an explanation for them. Yeah. And once you learn those terms, like what BMV means, below market value, yeah. and all this kind of stuff, it takes away the mystique. Yeah. And then you think, oh, yeah, I know what that means. Yeah. I know what that means. I so, know what that means. So I find some irony in this. The irony is you go to good networking events with good people, you know you're going to learn. Yeah. But all the self-doubt, fear, worry, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough comes out. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone going to networking events when they feel uncomfortable? Because for me, I'd want to go to a networking event when you've got billionaires and gods and gurus. Yeah. I want the best people. But there's definitely a part of my ego that's going to go, oh, well, I'm scared. And what if they ask me questions I don't know the answer to? I went to a networking event last year, last night, and there was 300 people there. And it was a, it was a speaking event. And I remember walking in there and I thought, who do I speak to? Yeah. Right. And I remember this cold sweat coming over me. I thought, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as soon as I got into conversation with one person and I started talking and I got them talking about themselves, yeah. I relaxed. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned, and it was from a very simple thing, is just get pe ask people open questions. Yeah. Get them talking about their favorite topic, which is themselves. Yeah. They know all the answers. Yeah. And you're away. And also, if, if you don't really know what to say because you're new, the best yeah. thing to do is to ask them and get them talking. Yeah. And if they ask you a question, spin it back on them. So you're meeting their needs of talking about themselves and you're covering up the fact that you know nothing. Absolutely. And I just ask people where they're from, which yeah. is, you know, people think, well, how's that going to help? Because it starts a conversation. Yeah. Where are you from? Have you traveled far? What do you do? Yeah. You know, and then I ask, well, why are you here? Yeah. And those three questions I ask everybody. Yeah. And normally that's like 15 minutes of them talking right. and I'm not saying anything. And that's really easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I picked up a question that one of my mentors taught me was uh, to ask people, what do you do that's a bit different or a bit unique? Yeah. And he found that that got really interesting answers. So I don't know, that's a bit of a variation on your one. Yeah, absolutely. And if you just get people talking about themselves, yeah. which is easy, because most people want to, because if they're nervous as well, then it, it allows you to relax and then you get into the conversation. But when I first went property networking, I just said to people, look, I'm brand new. I'm just learning. Is it all right if I come and listen? Yeah. And no one said to me, go away. Yeah. Not one person. Yeah. And I and some of the best people I met, and I didn't even realize they were multimillionaires or this, that, or the other. I was just chatting to. Yeah. And they never said to me, oh, you're not no good. I don't want to talk to you. They just they said, look, you know, yeah, come and have a chat. What are you doing? What you want to know? Yeah. How are you doing? And I said, look, I'm in IT. I don't know much. And I'm, I was very honest with people. Yeah. And I found the good people just chat to you. Yeah. Because they want to share the knowledge. And I used to say to people back then, why are you telling me this stuff? And they're like, well, why not? Yeah. Because in the corporate environment, people don't tell you stuff. They yeah. don't want you to know because the secrets they keep makes them more powerful. Whereas yeah. people thought... Actually, we share this knowledge with people. Will you help more people? Ultimately, if I help you, six months down the line, you may go, actually, I've got this deal I don't know what to do with. Oh, I had a good chat with Rob that night. I'll go yeah. and phone Robert yeah. and see whether he can help me out or it might be something he wants to mm. do. And that's where I found a lot of people have seen the benefit of actually building friendships first. Yeah. 
and building connections first, and then people will want to help you. Yeah. So I'll pick up on a couple of things here. The one thing, and I totally, this is why I love doing networking events, and I think, especially in the property world, business and angel finance world as well, but even more in the property world, it's like this unbelievable open sharing of knowledge. Yeah. And some reasons I think are number one is we're all in, we're all investing in different areas. Absolutely. So we can, you know, I don't have to be protective telling you stuff because you're from you're around Berkshire and I'm around Peterborough. Yeah. So that's a that's a good thing. And you've got people from all over the country. Two, if I'm an educator and a trainer and I sell books and CDs and DVDs and courses, if I share my knowledge, I'm I'm gonna gain more business from it. Yeah. Absolutely. In the corporate world, it's like if I tell you how to do my job, yeah. no, I'm losing my job. Absolutely. One day you're going to be better than me and then I'm going to be out the door. Yeah. But if you raise other people to a higher level or help them become a better version of themselves or whatever, ultimately you can do better things together. Yeah. And you and, can and, do bigger things together. And they'll always look at you as the person that did that for yeah. them. So they'll always hold you in high esteem. It's interesting because... Years ago, before Facebook, when I was on this forum, there was a bit where people came in and said, hello, you know, I've just joined. And I used to sit there and I used to just say, hello to them all, welcome. If you've got any questions, give me a shout. Yeah. And people who came to the bar, she to me years later, said, do you remember that forum we were on? I said, yeah. I said, you were the first person that said hello to me. Mm. And it's just that little thing yeah. that people remember. And it's part of the reason why when we did our first one in Berkshire and we did it in a pub, and we put on, I put on that forum, look, Sylvia and I are getting some people together in a pub. A lot of people thought, actually, they're nice guys. Mm. And they told their friends about us. Go mm. and see them. Yeah. And that's probably why we ended up with 50 people at the first one. And Sylvia and I are going, who hell are all these people and where have they come from? Yeah. But it's, if you help people and you give, ultimately, it comes back yeah. by the bucket load. Okay. So something else then that really struck me about your event and the part of this is the logistics of the environment, but yeah. also is very, it was very much social as well as business. Absolutely. And you, you know, at, at, you had the Holiday Inn in Berkshire. Yeah. You, had the, you obviously had the big seminar room, but you had a big area where people could meet at the bar before, yeah. break out into groups and silos, massive space. People would come at like lunchtime, have dinner meetings, and then go to the yeah. event afterwards. I think if you talk, if you listen to the average business conversation, how much of it is actually business and how much is social? Yeah. And it's the social part is where people gel together. Yeah. Because you can do the business part. You might want to talk about business. Yeah, you're going to talk about business, but that's not where you decide where you're going to work with somebody. Yeah. It's a social bit. And it's yeah. a social cut. And I think it was the part of the business. Barsh Potomy was an event, not a networking thing. It was an yeah. event that people came to because we built it up into something that we. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk, and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496. 
Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. We made that was very personal for us, and we remember Sylvia and I were heavily pushing and promoting personal development, and a lot of people just wanted to talk about the how-to. Yeah, I remember having conversations with you about it, and we were talking about how important mindset is more yeah. important than the how-to. Yeah, and you know, I asked you to speak about more about the mindset, and you were absolutely on it. And other people were like, "No, why do we need to know that?" Mm. And we keep saying to people, the networking side isn't just about business, it's about social. Yeah. It's about the friendships you make. Yeah. And the people that turn up there, you might see them three months, six months, a year, and then all of a sudden you think, actually, you know what? We should be doing business together. Yeah. We're all the same line play, yeah. the same mindset. We've so, got similar interests. Yeah. So even if someone turned up and wasn't really prolific, in six or nine months when everyone knows they see them all the time, they have the, as you say, what was it? it was the visibility first, yeah. wasn't it? But I mean, sometimes visibility can equal credibility, even if there's no credibility, can't it? Yeah, I remember seeing. Do you remember that um, Man U photo where someone got in on the Man U photo? And because he had the top on and he was stood on on the side, everyone (laughs) thought it was a Man U player. They did. And then they they actually did a TV show about how he managed to get in. And so sometimes just being seen is also being credible, isn't it? It is being credible. I mean, the one thing is people have got a, you know, we've learned over time. When you get to the point where you just want to, where you do decide to do business with people and you've gone through the social bit, is actually you've got to start doing the deeper due diligence on yeah. them as a person. Ask questions about people. Yeah. So, but, you know, credibility is important, but also is actually doing some background research. Yeah. And, and I guess the more people you know at the events, you can talk to people. So, Absolutely. like, if yeah. there's someone over there I'm looking to do business with, we're friends, I've been coming to your event every yeah. day. What do you think about this guy? Yeah. Now, if I went for the first time and said, what do you think about this guy? You're not going to open up to me. No. It's people we saw on a regular basis. And a lot of people used to ask us, how do we get to speak at the Barshamie? How do we get to speak at the Barshamie? And we always used to give them the same answer. And it was amazing how many people's egos, well, I'm not doing that. So yeah. you're not speaking to them. Yeah. And it's simple. Come back three times. Yeah. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Come back three times. And at the end of the third time, we'll have a chat about what you think of the people that come in, how you can bring value. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me that. Just tell me when I can turn up and speak. Yeah. And I'm like, so you don't want to make any effort to yeah. actually be at the biggest networking event in the UK? You just want to turn up? Yeah. You know, we had you, you guys speak because we knew you. We yeah. got to know you. We heard about you. Mm. You know, we became friends over time. And there was other people like that. But it was amazing how many people weren't willing to invest yeah. a little bit of time and effort to get to know the people in the room. And then we can say to other people... Because there would be certain people in the room say, have you spoken to so-and-so? What do you know about so-and-so? Yeah. Have you heard them talk before? Yeah. Have you heard anything about them? Mm. It's, you know, it's, people just need to make a bit of investment. Mm. Everybody's in such a big hurry. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. And I think the thing with networking is, I think in your mind, if you can go, hey, this is a social event, yeah. then investing in time isn't a problem because it's not work. So where's, where's the problem? Hey, I'm going to go and do something social this evening. You know, in, in my book, I like, talk about merging passion and profession. Yeah. Well, for me, I used to, you know, time wasn't always on my side and we're a long way away. But I, you, you've come here a long way yeah. away because you like doing this and we can catch up. And, you know, we come down because it's a social thing. So a lot of people have, you know, a lot of people over the years said initially they came for the speakers. The speakers was a big draw. Then it was a camaraderie of the people they met. And then it became a social thing for them. Yeah. People pay 50, 60, 100 pounds and go to the cinema and have popcorn and watch a rubbish film. Yeah. Right? Mm. And they go and watch all these type of events. They go and pay 300 quid to go and watch a singer. 
we give people a social event, we give them an uplift in their belief, we give them an uplift in them what they can do for themselves. Yeah. And at the end of it, they get they get some education and knowledge at the same time mm. for twenty quid. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't more people come? Because they can't. And this is a challenge. And um, so people find it easy to go and spend twenty quid on something frivolous, but to spend twenty quid on themselves, mm. they start questioning it. Yeah. Why? Why can't you invest 20 quid in yourself, in your yeah. education, or a thousand pound in education? I'd quite happily spend a thousand pound on a TV yeah. and not think about it twice, yeah. but to spend that money on themselves so they, in the future they can make more money? Yeah. Why is that such a big challenge? So what other reasons do you think people have got that, to not, that they don't go to networking events other than self-investment? People believe they're going to be sold to. Yeah. And it's amazing how many times I've seen the comment, leave your wallet in the car, yeah. don't take it in the room. Yeah. They believe that um, somebody will find out that the fact that they... If you leave your wallet in the car in Berkshire, you'll get it nicked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's slow, don't oh, worry, okay, mate. Fine, no, no, it's nice, but it's, it's interesting. I had... People used to turn up and say, well, I've, I've, been, I've known about you for six years and I finally turned up. Why did it take you so long? Because yeah. I thought we, we were going to get ripped off. By who? Yeah, and for 20 quid. Yeah, for yeah. 20 quid. And, you know, I heard this and I heard that. And I said, so what do you think since you've been here? Yeah. This is amazing. It's the best thing I've ever been yeah. to. I met some really good people. What other reasons then would people not go? Lazy. Yeah. They can't be bothered. Do they maybe not see it as a good investment of time? Because it's not, like, absolute and direct. You know, maybe some people don't want to, oh, I'm sitting here listening to this podcast and you're telling me it's got to take time and I've got, I've got to wait six months. And, you know, maybe sometimes people want it a little bit quick. The, one of the biggest challenges, and um, it came up last night, the guy said, he hears these words, I want you to show me how to get rich. And yeah. then he goes, what's the final word he said? And everybody shouted quick. Yeah. And he goes, get rich quick doesn't exist. You yeah. can get wealthy you can, over a period of time. But he said, like, you know, if you're not willing to invest 10 years into something that's going to make you wealthy for the rest of your life, and into your passion, why are you starting it for? Yeah. Here's the funny thing as well, because I, I, I like to see the paradox in things. If you went to a networking event and you tried to rush, yeah. so let's say I needed to raise some money for a property, because yeah. I know you do joint ventures as well. Let's say I need a million quid for a property, or, or 100 grand, let's make it not too much. And I go there, I'm going to rush it. I'm going to be like, not listening to you, like, mate, have you got 100 grand? You know, I'm, I'm going to be in there too hard, aren't I? Yeah. I'm going to be putting everyone off, pushing them away. Whereas if I thought, oh, well, I'll go before I need money and build some relationships and took it slowly, and then six months down the line, I might need some money, you're probably going to be more open to talking people to me about listen. That. You know and I know people come to our events and there are some very wealthy people in the crowd. And the very wealthy people observe other people and they watch what's they going on. They don't have a sign saying, yeah, no. I've got 10 million quid, come to me. I saw a classic <laughs> case of the bar for me. This guy come up very much like you just said. He needed some money to do a property deal and he was, and he was, he was, he was anxious. He was yeah, like, yeah, I need money, yeah, I need yeah. money. Yeah. And um, he was talking to me and I said, look, there are plenty of people. He goes, well, where are they? And I was yeah. going, I'm not going to tell you who they are because they're friends of mine. Just go and chat to a few people and then we'll have a chat at the end. And he come back to me and said, that was a waste of time. I said, why? He goes, there's nobody of any money. And the guy he'd just been speaking to, I knew, because I had a conversation with him the month before and the month before that, had half a million pounds that he was looking to invest with the right person yeah. in the right deals. Mm. And I remember saying to this guy, I said, stop asking people for money yeah. and get to know them. And I spoke to the other guy, the one with the money afterwards, said, you know, you were speaking to him. What did he say to you? He goes, I've got no money, I need money. Yeah. I've got no money, I need money. <laughs> I said, how did that make you feel? And he goes, I couldn't, get, I couldn't wait to get away from him. Yeah. He goes, he didn't even ask my name. He didn't say hello. Yeah. He said he just come out with a load of dribble about the fact that he's got no money, he needs money, and he's got a la, la, la. And he said, I was, he goes, I just switched off. Yeah. 
but he goes, if he just spoken to me at a chat and said, look, you know, do you, who do you know who might want to invest in this deal? Or, I might know something. He goes, well, why don't we have a coffee? Yeah. Why don't we catch up? And that's yeah. what people do. Mm. People don't like to be hunted. They don't like to be targeted, no. do no. they? No. So if you could, this might be a guess, so let's just play yeah. around with this. Roughly how many times do you think people might need to meet and exchange a chat before there's comfort enough to start doing business? It's interesting because sometimes... Give us I mean, a range. It could be, I don't know, two or three times. It could be a dozen. Yeah. It depends on the individual. Because yeah. some people are very cautious yeah. and they, they will push people through some hoops before they would even consider talking yeah. business with them. But there are, and, and there are some people who jump You know, I remember once a guy's guy come up to me at Berkshire and he goes, I've got 300,000 pounds, what should I do with it, right? And I said, first of all, shut up. Yeah. Don't tell anybody <laughs> yeah. about it. I said, it's nobody's business in this room how much money you have. I said, just go and chat to a few people. I said, come here for the next three to six months. Yeah. There's, we're going to have different speakers. You'll learn different skills, different ways of making money yeah. in property. And then we'll have a chat at the end of that and you tell me which ones you want and what's your end goal and we'll yeah. see which one works. He come up to me at the end of the meeting. He says, I found somebody I'm going to work with. I said, how did you do that? He goes, I told him I had some money I want to invest and he said, I could help you. And I saw him leave with the guy. Yeah. And I thought, wow. Okay. So that, what that proves to me then is as well as people being desperate who don't have money, there's plenty of people at these events who've got money who's desperate. Yeah. I mean, low interest rates, poor returns in other classes. Absolutely. So you you get quite lucky. You can get quite lucky. But it's you know I said to people you know if you do meet somebody who's desperate like that, educate them a little yeah. bit, tell them to take a step back, think yeah. about what they're going to do. If somebody's a sophisticated investor, they've been around for a while, mm. they know what they're doing, and they can spot when somebody's not talking honestly to them. That's mm. fine. They can take as many risks as they want. Yeah. If somebody's a little naive and they're first coming into property, they need some protection yeah. from themselves. Sure. So you reckon two to twelve might be the range yeah. so the average might be five or six yeah. so common sense says if you get yourself to five or six networking events the same one for five or six months good numbers game you're going to you're going to fall over either some money or partnerships or connections or customers or whatever it is you want you will definitely make if you come to the same event six times you're guaranteed to start seeing people and they will start seeing you and going oh I've seen you before here how's it going and you'll start becoming friends with them and then your network will naturally expand and then you'll find that good mortgage broker you're looking for, that good solicitor you're looking for. Maybe you will have a challenge with a tenant or a development or a builder and you mm -hmm. think, actually, I can phone up Rob yeah. or I can phone up somebody else and we can have a chat about it. And then that's how your knowledge yeah. starts growing. Well, because I know working with you on Berkshire Property Me, that you, know, you definitely helped us and many of your yeah. attendees bought our books and things. And I also know it, sometimes there'd be a third of the room at Berkshire is progressive community members too. Yeah, it's good because it's mixing people together. Yeah. You know, you've got a great way of teaching people. You've got a great education system. You've got a great... And I love the fact that you guys focus on the mindset and help people get that right first. And getting those people to come down to Berkshire and meeting with other people who've never been part of your community yet mm. and mixing them together, you're spreading the knowledge again. Yeah. And it's helping other people. And, you know, we, we see people all the time and I say, look, you know, people come up to me all the time. Who should I go and train with? I said, okay, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. Just want to make money. Why? Mm. Why are you asking me stupid questions? <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, so really, if I could translate that, you're saying if you go to a networking event, you want to go with an outcome. Yeah. You want to be clear what you're going for. Absolutely. If people who turn up at a networking event and they say, I'm going to meet one or two good people tonight, I'm going to make some great connections. 
or I'm going to meet the person that's going to connect me with a great mortgage broker yeah. or a person that's going to connect me with somebody who's got some money. If you turn up with a purpose and a reason for being there, the chances are it's going to happen. Yeah. If you turn up and see what's going to happen and nothing happens, you got exactly what you were expecting. Sure. Is it best to go and try and network with as many people as possible and it says 50, talk to 49? Or is it better to let focus on three or four? Or be more organic than that? My, I always go, and if I have, if there's 50 people in the room, for instance, if I have three good conversations with people where I actually go away and I still remember the person's name afterwards yeah. and what they did, that for me was a good, good event. I've seen people do the carpet bomb oh, thing where they run around with their yeah. business cards. I've seen people do this to try and chat. Put them on all the chairs without permission. <laughs> I bet they did that to you all uh, the time. We've had that more than once. We've yeah. had to throw people out. Yeah. And they've actually said they've spoken to me and yeah. I gave them permission. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sorry, what's my name? And, they yeah. go, and they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, go away. Yeah. <laughs> but if you make a good connection and talk to somebody yeah. and they remember who you are. So three good, I mean, because if you think about it, three good connections a month. Yeah. Is 15 in five months. It's 36 in a year. And through those three, you get another three. Yeah. Then you've got, well, 118, is it? 108. <laughs> putting myself 108, putting some pressure on the Because it's So you're saying it's more about quality than quantity? I believe it's always more about quality because you have a good conversation with somebody and you remember them. Yeah. They're going to remember you. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know the whole thing about business cards and whether people should take them or not. What's your take on that? Definitely. Yeah. Because it makes it easier for the other person to contact you. Yeah. And definitely stick your photograph on it. Yeah. So because they might have collected 20. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't know who you are. We've had photo we've had phone calls from people a week later from, a this is before the Bart Show, and we stuck our photographs on it, on our business cards, and people phoned us and said, look, I was at this networking event, I met a load of people, Yours was the only business card with a face on it, and I right. remember you, so I'm yeah. phoning you up. Yeah. I said, okay, what was it we want to chat about? Yeah. And one of those, I remember clearly many years ago when we started out, one of those business cards with a photograph made us £5,000. Yeah. Because a guy wanted a connection with somebody else that we happened to know, right. and they ended up doing a deal together, and he paid us a finder's fee. Yeah. Right. Okay. So something Mark and I used to do, because for the first... Two or three years, you'll know. You know, we network like crazy. We yeah. we always used to come to your event. You know, when we maybe weren't as big and as sort of time pressured, and you know, any event we could go to, we're speaking. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd we used to, to bump into networking each of the networking yeah. events all over the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it really grew our business and it really yeah. helped grow our brand. And so, you know, so I'm so glad we did that. But what Mark and I found is because we went together, we got to the point where we'd only just talk to each other. Yeah. And in the end, we were like, well, we're going here, but we're not talking to anyone else. So do you see that a lot where people go, but they're not really leveraging the event as much as they should be? One of the things that Sylvia and I did, and people used to thought we'd fallen out in the car on the way over, because <laughs> yeah. we used to arrive. Yeah, and, go like that. Yeah, we used yeah. to go off in separate directions. And the great thing about that was, invariably, we'd end up having a conversation with at least one or two of the same people. And it'd be amazing how... One person be some way, one way with Sylvia, and a completely different person with myself. Right, yeah. And you find out things about people, and you say, "Did you speak to so and so?" We go for the business cards. Oh yeah, we both spoke. What did you think of them? Yeah. And you, you know, let's just say you're going to have three good conversations in an evening. Yeah. If there's two of you, and you split up. That means between you, you've had six, yeah. and that has that ripple effect. Yeah. And you know, it's it allows. And we used to go and sit. 
If I sat at the front of the room, so we're going to sit at the back. If yeah. I sat on the left, she'd go and sit on the right. So again, it's been it's having a purpose for going, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And not just going and and also after a while, you can go and just ra- radiate towards the same people you know all the time instead of meeting new people. I I know I do that, and I walk into a networking event and I walk up to the same Mate, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then five. And then like it happened last night. There's three of us standing there. Goes, we all know each other. Yeah. <laughs> We could talk to each other all night, and yeah. we just went, okay, we'll all go off and find somebody else to speak to. Yeah, And it's, it is it is comfortable to go and talk to the same people all the time. Yeah. But if you are talking to the same people all the time, make an effort to go and talk to somebody else. Yeah. And that's why we used to do at the start of the bar show. We used to say, right, you've got to go and talk to somebody that you don't know. Yeah. Not somebody you spent the last hour in the car with to get here. Not somebody you just chatted to in the sure. bar. Go and speak to someone you don't know. Yeah. And then getting them to shut up afterwards was such hard work, as you know, because yeah. you were there. They would like, oh, once yeah. they get going. Cause they're well, there sometimes at- we'd be at your networking event until like 11.30, and then we've got like a three-hour drive. I know. And you'd get about like two or three in the morning. People will stay. People, we found is there are three parts of a networking event, and it's not just the bit with the speaker room. That's the meet in the middle. It's the bit beforehand. If you arrive early or get there when it yeah. starts, you get to meet people and get to have conversations with them. And then if it's a great speaker like yourselves are being there, it stirs up the brain and it gets everything focusing, thinking. And then afterwards, you have even better conversations with those people because you think, oh, what did you think about what he said? What do you yeah. think about that? What do you think about this strategy? What about, have you ever done this? And then sometimes people go, oh, right. And then they stay around and they have yeah. even better conversations. They start making friends there. Sure. What about follow-up? Because my guess is some people go, but then they never follow up. I find it amazing. I, I do, even now, I do one or two business networking events a month. A you week, go. sorry, a week. Yeah. So non-property, just business related, right. because there are other people out there that aren't in the property yeah. world. And so you, you're a semi-professional networker. Yeah, yeah, so I go along, and every time, and I've done this for the last nine and a half years, as soon as I get home, I've got an app in my phone now that I scan the business card and you can tell the badly designed business cards because it can't scan it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scan the business card and I just drop them an email. Really yeah. good to meet you today at the networking event. I'll sit, I look forward to seeing you at the next one or if there's anything yeah. I can help you with, let me know. Yeah. Right? I get one of those back a year. Where I had one last week where the guy emailed before I emailed him and that was one in 12 months. Wow. And I was thinking, what do these people do? What's the point? You it's know, a bit like dating, getting a phone number of the girl of your dreams and then never calling her up. And I, I was chatting to one lady and she goes to the same business networking event and she's got, and I was chatting to her after, we had a coffee. And I asked her this question, so what's your follow-up? She goes, what do you mean? I said, you go to a networking event, you collect two free business cards or four, what do you do with them? Yeah. She goes, I wait for them to call me. And I said, so how many yeah. of those have called you? She goes, well, none. Yeah. I said, how do you expect to get business? She goes, well, I don't want to be pushy. I goes, ah, that's, that must be what it is for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to I be don't pushy. pushy. I goes, well, just drop them a line and say, it was great to meet you. If I can help you with. Yeah. Just, she goes, no, that's pushy. Yeah. How is that pushy? Because I, I find that, is there anything I can help you with? Yeah. What's your biggest challenge? Yeah. I might not be able to answer it, but I might be able to put you in touch with someone. I find that to be a good question to ask because it's not selling. No. And like you said, a lot of people don't want to be sold to. No. But, but you know, everyone wants help with the things that are challenges for them. And I know most of these people take these business cards and they chuck them in the drawer or whatever they do yeah. with them. So I drop them an email so they've got my contact details. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm proactively out there making sure that they know who I am. And 
you know, if they're on social media, if they're on LinkedIn, I will connect to them on Facebook, not really, because it's it's more social, but on LinkedIn and things like that. If they've got yeah. a Twitter account, I might start following that. Yeah. So there's things you can do. It's all about, you know, raising people's awareness of yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, they start, people, somebody said to me, is making people curious about you and yeah. who you are and what you do. And they go, actually, what do you do? Yeah. Rather than going shouting at them in their face all the time, because people don't like that. Yeah. Unless you're the speaker on the stage, and then obviously you've got to make yeah. your presence felt. Sure. And I guess, talking about that, because I didn't think we were going to talk about that, but that's a good one. If you went to a networking event long enough, and you get known well, you might end up being the speaker. Absolutely. And some of the people... That's how Fran Dolly, yeah. you know, speaking at Berkshire, he just always used to come and be the... He came all the way from Somerset yeah. for I don't know how many years, and yeah. it's like... You know the first time we met Sylvia? Because, you know, people see people on the internet, they see yeah. people on websites... And they see the YouTube videos and they've seen them, us. He came up to Silver and he actually pushed her on the arm and goes, oh my God, you are real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes, and, we, and it's funny how people see us because we were in the back of the YPN mm. magazine. I was at, um, when Robert Kiyosaki came and spoke in the UK about five years ago, it must be longer than that. Yeah, it was in National Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. And he was, we were in the back page of the YPN that they gave out. Yeah. And I remember standing there talking to somebody and there was a bloke looking at the YPN and he opened up the back page and he looked at the picture and he looked up and looked at me. They looked at the picture, they looked at me, and he looked at it's just a stare at me. <laughs> oh, is it, um, I think it was with Cyril Thomas, and we were just looking at him, and he goes, and this bloke was like, oh yeah. my God, it's you. Yeah. And it's just like, just, I said, can I help you anything? And he just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it worth, once you've got a bit of a relationship, saying to the host, I'm a speaker, if, uh, Absolutely. if, if, if a speaker ever pulls out or anything like that? Yeah. Because surely that's the best seat, isn't it, being the speaker? Best. You've got people coming to you rather than you having to go then? Being a speaker is networking with a huge room of people on a one-to-many basis. Having them all come to you. Yeah. yeah, and you raise your profile, you give value, you give education, and you raise your visibility, you become far more credible because the person at the front of the room speaking has a massive yeah. credibility. Mm. If you've got a knowledge or a skill that you feel that would help people and you want to get out there and help more people, speaking to small groups, maybe to start with building up to bigger groups, is yeah. how you can get that happening. And networking by being the speaker is still networking because the people who organize the event are already promoting you before you get there. Yeah. And by the time you get there, people know who you are and then your credibility has already been raised. Yeah. So let's go through, through some quick fire do's and don'ts yeah. or things you've seen that you thought, wow, that was cool or... <laughs> so let's start with the lemonish ones first so what are the big don'ts that you see all the time for networking let's maybe do three of them number one is those people who think that quantity beats quality and yeah. they'll run around the room with their business cards and they'll thrust them in people's hands yeah. that's something that I hate and I know people hate it and I see you can see people who've done it at events because yeah. their business cards are lying on the yeah. floor Yeah. people just chuck them away not listening to the person Yeah. you know don't you walk up to someone and you ask them a question don't ask them a question so you can come back with a smart reply yeah. listen to what they have to say actually hear what they're saying and yeah. say oh okay yeah that's cool yeah. and doing it like that looking desperate yeah it's some you know it's, it's amazing you know sometimes people turn up and I'm like look calm down yeah. and not being willing to commit and I always used to say this and if, when I spoke at other events I said the best thing you can do right now is book for the next one yeah be here next month, be here the month after that, be here the month after that, be here the month after that. Yeah. Those people who turn up the ones, they haven't found that guy with a million pounds to give them and they said, oh, networking's yeah. rubbish. Yeah, yeah, that don't work. That don't yeah. work. 
And like, well, we've been doing it for nine years. We've seen loads of people connect, sometimes with small deals, bigger deals, yeah. massive deals. You know, people have started businesses together, met their business partners, and all this kind of stuff has mm. happened. What about dress? Is there a way? I don't wear a dress. Hey! <laughs> Is, I've thought about this a lot. Now, when we used to go, we sort of suit and open yeah. shirt and made our stripes. Because I thought it was important to be memorable in some way. Is there such a thing as overdressing or underdressing? Have you got any recommendation for a man and a woman on a, a good way to dress? You've got to be comfortable with what you're wearing. If you're a builder and then you turn up to a networking event normally in a suit, you can tell they look feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Smart casual is fine. Yeah. It's funny you because when, when I spoke here last, I did a symbol for one of your VIPs, we spoke about the five do's and don'ts. And number two was in your list was BO for yeah. people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> personal hygiene. Oh, is that? Brushing your teeth. Man, not yeah. overdoing it with the aftershave and yeah. the brute and splashing <laughs> all over and all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing how, how many people aren't aware of that. Really? Just simple yeah. thing like yeah. that. It can be so off-putting so for people. Personal hygiene. Yeah. Personal hygiene. Having yeah. business cards with you. Yeah. And having an idea why you're there. Yeah. Okay. So talk through some things you've seen which are really good. You've gone, you know, that was a smart thing they did. It's actually chatting to someone and realizing that you're doing all the talking and they're not saying a word. Yeah. And I was thinking that was really cool because I felt really comfortable with that guy. And yeah. all he did was ask me, a couple, oh, yeah. how long have you been running this? Why do you enjoy it? You know, open questions, getting people talking about their own topic, yeah. which is their own favorite topic, which is themselves. Can I just jump in here? Is that all right? Yeah. Um, because this, I think, I didn't even know this was going to come out, but uh, I really feel strongly about this. Is, how comfortable you make someone feel around them. Yeah, yeah. Because I've obviously done a lot of interviews on The Disruptive Entrepreneur, and uh, some of those interviews are very successful people, but I didn't know them before. Mm. And I don't want to give any examples of ones that it wasn't so comfortable, but people could probably tell when they're listening. But I interviewed Steve Davis recently, and just as soon as you walk in the room, that guy has got this way of just making you feel comfortable. Yeah. Just like really down to earth, no, no, no funny energy, you know, no, look at me, six-time world champion, none of that. Yeah. Just like, you just instantly felt comfortable. And for me, that, that, I think that made the podcast better. It made me really like him mm. a lot. I wanted to tell everyone about how great he was. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that I've had that experience with a lot of people on the podcast. But then there's others that maybe aren't as comfortable with people or they're a bit, and it's just a bit awkward. And no yeah. one wants to feel awkward. Got any thoughts on that? Some people are... They find it difficult in social situations. Mm. And I have to say, when I first started networking, I was definitely one of those people. So you're now saying it's a skill you can learn. It's a skill you can learn. And the skill I learned was asking open questions. Right, yeah. Right? And just getting the other person talking and then not having to say much yourself. Yeah. And I found when I let the other person talk and I allow myself to listen, I find I've, I'm, they find me a lot more interesting and engaging, even though they're the ones yes. doing all the talking. Yeah. And I found by just learning that little skill, it's helped me a lot. And I felt like a lot of people go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People start saying, oh, yeah, have you met Just One? He's a really nice guy. Yeah. And the last time I spoke to them, they did 90% of the talking. Yeah. And when people start talking about you, you know, when I go to business networking events, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, have you met Just One? He's a really nice yeah. guy. You need to go and chat to him and these yeah. things like that. That's when you know you're doing it right. Right. So the ability to make someone feel comfortable very quickly. Yeah. 
mostly through asking open questions and, and being a good listener. And, if and you, not being on your phone and not being disengaged and everything else. Oh, is there, you see the classic thing like you and me are talking and if you go, yeah. oh, can I find somebody yeah. more interesting to yeah. speak to? Yeah. It's, that's I've never done that to me over I've the years. I've never done that yeah. to you. But I've seen people do it in an event. Yeah. I've seen people talking to somebody and they're going, right, you're a bit dull actually. I yeah. need to speak to somebody else. That's not... Yeah. Some of the most wealthy... Well, some of the wealthiest people I've met if you bumped into them, you would not, you'd think they haven't got two pennies to rub together. Yeah. But when you speak to them and you spend a bit of time with them, I remember a guy who was an elderly gentleman used to come to the Barch Park to meet and, I'm, and he always used to come and say hello to me and thank me for running a great event. And I said, no, it's no worries. We used to have a little chat. And after a few months, he goes, um, we need to go and have lunch. Yeah. I goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. I goes, where do you live? He lived in West London. I goes, let's go and have lunch then. I said, no worries. I had no clue who this guy was. I knew he came for the last 12 months and he was there every single month and he said hello. When I went down to his house, which turned into a mansion, went round his office and I said, so what do you do? And he goes, well, I used to have a law firm, but now I've got a few properties. I goes, oh, where are your properties? He goes, Kinsey and Chelsea, Kensington and Chelsea. He goes, I sold my law firm and just started investing in there. I've been doing that for the last 15 years. And, he, and we had a chat about stuff and I'm like, I had no idea when mm. I was talking to you and you used to just come and speak to me. Yeah. So it's probably therefore then important not to judge because I guess a lot of people try and think, oh, Yes, or no. It's Human really... nature means we will judge, yeah. right? We will judge like that. As soon as we see someone, we will make a preconceived judgment about them. What we have to do then is actually put that to one side and say, okay, I'm still going to talk to the person. Yeah. We do it. It's human nature. We will do it. You will do it. It doesn't matter what you're doing when you walk into a bar, restaurant, anywhere, whether it's, it doesn't have to be a networking event, you will make a preconceived judgment about a person, whatever. Yeah. Right? It's actually saying, actually, right, I've made that judgment. That's fine. I'm now going to speak to the person. Yeah. Have a chat with them and find out what's what's really going on. Yeah. Okay. So, what does the word disruptive mean to you? Disruptive is very interesting because it's actually breaking people's patterns. Because a lot of people, and I love being started being a bit disruptive when people used to come to me at the end of the meeting and say they want to invest in property. I used to say to them, "Why? I want to make more money." Yeah, but why? And they're like, "Why are you asking me that for? Because it's important." Because yeah. they expect me to just give them a strategy yeah. where I start asking them questions. And they'd ask me, who should I go training with? And I'd say, well, who do you want to go training with? Well, who have you been to? Have you done this? And I've found by stop asking, giving them the answer and asking them questions and making them think, yeah. that's been disruptive. So like almost interrupting their standard thought patterns. Absolutely, because yeah. we're so used to, I know the answer, yeah. I know the answer, I can give you the answer. I oh, like, great, I'll just give you the answer. But you're not actually helping them yeah. by actually making them think or make a decision or yeah. pushing them to do something that... Because I could quite, yeah, go to Peterborough, go and train with the guys, you know, mm. they're going to be fantastic. I say, only go and do that and go and do that, go and do that, go and do that and decide for yourself. Mm. Rather than just saying, no, I'll go and do this, go and do that, go and do this. Yeah. Push them a little bit. And sure. it's, you know, before, it's probably for education and stuff and through being employed a long time, yeah. being right and knowing the answer. Well, actually, when you help people more by being the opposite of that sometimes. Sure. Okay. So if you could go back to a time a couple of months before you decided to do Berkshire Property Meet, yeah. what advice would you now, having done it for a decade and built the biggest independent meet in the UK, give the guy who's about to start the sort of you 10 or 11 years ago? Make a decision you're going to do it. Yeah. Right. We made a decision we were going to do it. We were at um, a personal development event and we walked out and we said, we've been talking about this too long. Let's get on with it. Decide a date and a time. Do that. Let people know you're going to do it. And then take it from there. You know, this, it, 
the networking industry is a lot different property wise now than it was then but actually then commit to it for a minimum of 12 months yeah don't think i'm going to give it a go and see what happens actually commit to it because it takes time to build up yeah a networking event it takes time to build up that fan base that's going to talk about you and say mm-hmm. oh i went to this networking event those guys are great yeah. you need to go well build your social media presence because social media is so massive now yeah you can say you've had 50 people at networking event. People go, where's the photograph? Mm. Where's the video? Yeah. Where's the actual evidence? Yeah. You know, so it's a completely different ball game. Get out there and go to as many networking events as you can. Yeah, because you, you um, go to all the ones, even ones that are seen as competitive, don't you? Yeah. You support them. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they become friends of ours and we help them. And then it, it cross, you know, we help other people take events of theirs and they come to us and it just yeah. works well. And get out there and speak to as many people as possible. Go to as many networking events as well and see who are running them well, see who's running them badly. Mm. If you see somebody that's doing something really, really well, go and ask them how they're doing it. Yeah. You know, and I people phone me up and say, how did you do the bar show? How did you do this? How did that? I said, no, I'm happy to chat to you about it. Yeah. But won't you be creating more competition? No, we'll be creating more awareness. Yeah. Because we, there was a point, actually, when... Um, like when we started out, there's about five networking events you could find on Google, yeah. none on Facebook, because Facebook had only just started. Now, there's probably, what, I don't know, 200 yeah. all over the UK. But the best ones just still keep going, isn't it? And, and yeah. our numbers stayed the same. Yeah. And our so numbers it's not like people are going, oh, I'm not going to go to yours because I'm going to that. They keep going to yours and then they maybe go to both. Yeah, because we used to say to them, you've been to ours, now you need to go to at least one more before you come back here next yeah. month. Yeah. You need to go on in your local town. And people go, but there isn't one in my local town. Yeah. I think you probably find there is. And if there isn't, you should probably start it yourself. Absolutely. You know, if you want to... Get people coming to you. Because somebody said to us, that, what, you said, you know, what, two months... I remember somebody saying to me, you got to go and find or get to know a thousand people in property to be successful. And I thought, well, I'm too lazy for that. Why not get a thousand people to know I'm in property yeah. and do something that's yeah. going to create that awareness? Yeah, yeah. So creating a networking event, which meant more people knew I was in property and people came to us rather yeah. than me having to go all over the place. Right. And also you become a yeah. bit of a good, good credibility, yeah. you know, a bit of a perceived expert because you brought everyone together. And we said to people, and people said, oh, you must be property experts. I said, look, Sylvia and I are passionate about people. We did this event to bring people together. The theme just happens to be property mm. and the theme just happens to be wealth, right? But our, our goal and our passion is we were helped by people in the early days, people like yourselves who gave us knowledge and skills that enabled us to go become better investors, mm. better property people or better at what we were doing in business. And if we can do the same thing yeah. for other people, ultimately some of those people will come back and say, actually, we want to do business together. Yeah. And because we helped them become better business people, when they come back to do business with us, we end up doing better business. Yeah. So it's, it is a, a virtuous circle. Yeah. There are sharks out there. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're well-known at a networking event, you're going to be well-positioned to, people are going to tell you about them, you're going yeah. to spot them. You do spot them, but there is, you know, it's not a perfect world. You yeah. can't spot everyone. Yeah. There's some people are very good at what they do. But at least if you go to a networking event that you're well known at, yeah. I could say to you, what do you think about this person, this person? And normally if I say no comment, that means I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final question. Yeah. And thanks for doing this. Really, really enjoyed the time. Thanks for coming to see us. Uh, how long does it take you to get here? Two hours. Yeah, so it's a big time commitment. So I want to say thank you for that. No worries. Is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't about networking and being a good networker? It's been a great chat and it's good that we, you know, we've known each other for a long time. All I would say to people is 
commit to going. It's not as bad as you think. If you think it's going to be bad, it's not. You will meet some great people, but then commit to go for the next 12 months. Yeah. Pick an event, whether it's your local one or somewhere slightly bigger, and the number of people there don't really matter, whether it's got 50 people, 100 people, 20 people. Commit to be there and be there on a regular basis. And if you can help out and become part of the team, that again raises your credibility. Sure. And some of the people that we helped us out in the early days were people that just turned up. Well, I mean, also, uh, Simon used to help you out as a mortgage broker. Must have got loads of mortgage business. He did, absolutely. He was on the front desk signing people in. Yeah, very smart thing to do. And there was, you know, Darren used to come all the way from Stoke. And I remember the first time he turned up from Stoke. And I said, so where have you come from, Stoke? And I went, you what? (laughs) You come from Stoke? He goes, yeah. He goes, people told me this was the best place to go. Yeah. But he, he was helping us out. And then he got to know a lot of people and he's built a business, which means he's off climbing mountains all over the world now. But it's, you know, go there, commit, become part of the team if you can, raise your credibility. And if you can, if there's there's a gap in your local area, start your own. Yeah. And get people to come to you. Okay. So I want to help you. And I know that there's not a lot you need because... You're a new dad and you've got yourself in a good financial position. Yeah. But how can we, how can the community, we've got over 300,000 disruptive entrepreneur subscribers in 150 countries. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, how can we help you? One of the things that, you know, Sylvia and I are still, people think we've vanished the face of the earth. We've retired permanently. We are still investing in property. We're still growing our business. You can connect with me on social media for Just Aunt Ray. And, and that's J-U-S-W-A-N-T-R-A-I. Yeah. And drop me a line. Yeah. If there's anything I can help you with, I can will. If, if you feel like there's business we can do in the Berkshire area, let's get together. Let's have a coffee. Yeah. And, you know, we are very open and honest people with what we share with people. And if you've got questions about yourself, yeah. Rob, about progressing. Do some diligence on me. <laughs> call you up. You know, What's that Rob guy like? No. No. <laughs> I've got no problem sending guys your ways and you know that and it's just we are going to be doing more yeah. right we're in a different phase of our life as you said we've just had our you know our first child and we are going to be going into a different thing and it, it focuses your mind differently as well yeah. okay yeah. I'm really grateful that you take the time to do this we haven't done a podcast like this on the disruptive entrepreneur so very nice unique slot it's got so on behalf of everyone just want to thank you very much thank you Rob been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you.